All right, today is Friday, January 12th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I wonder how many times I've messed up and said 2023 already. Anyways, I think I've done a good job of reciting 2024. Anyway, so um, we talked first of all of how to find us, which you will hear shortly, because uh, Clubhouse continues to make it difficult for people to find us, and Jesus, I guess, by extension. Um, <laughs> so we get into how to find us um, through Discord, through social media, um, to keep track of this room and this group, to try to keep this thing continuing on. Um, okay, we get into who wrote the Gospels, how do we know? Uh, problems with Islam, um, inherent problems that like hinder discussion um, for people who are adherents of Islam. Um, let's see. Then we get into uh, knowledge of Jesus. What did Jesus know, which gets into uh, kineticism. Um, so did Jesus always know stuff? Did he give up knowledge of stuff? Did he have to get stuff um, after he was baptized? So we, we talk about that, uh, kineticism. Kineticism, kineticism. Anyway, uh, then we have some more interesting conversations. Uh, we talk to someone who I think is an atheist. I... I agnostic atheist i think so anyone who has this uh hypothetical question he posits about um what's basically my words the minimum standard someone has to know believe confess understand in order to be uh cool with a god so we talk about that and more check out the ask a christian book on amazon check out the ask a christian store all the links are in the podcast description grab a t-shirt for your doggy or yourself or a coffee cup and my phone is beeping like crazy um, <laughs> I'm wanted. Um, just people yelling at me for stuff. Anyway, so uh, all the links to this stuff are in the podcast description. So wherever you watch, um, check that out and share these links. We'll see you next week. Have a awesome and awesome weekend. Man, you don't do a podcast for one day and you forget it all. Anyways, Connie, I- I'm glad you found us. And yeah, for everyone else, I just wanted to say real quick, if you're having trouble finding us since Clubhouse is, you know, um, kicked us all off of the good algorithm and they've decided to torpedo their platform. And it seemed like there was hope that they would change it for a while, but I guess not. Uh, anyway, so if you're wondering why you can't find us or if you somehow hear this, uh, the best way in Clubhouse to find us is clubhouse.com slash house. Oh, crap. Was it house or houses? Anyway, house or houses. So clubhouse.com slash house slash ask dash a dash christian and if you can't find us any other way that will take you to the clubhouse uh little ask a christian area so you can click like join and join that house so that way whenever we have one of these live rooms it will actually show up and you'll be alerted um anyways other than that um if you can somehow find any of these things like on um on like man maybe bitshoot is the best place bitshoot.com slash ask a christian um you can find all the podcasts I upload. So if you don't get to hear it live, you can hear it there, but you can also get to all the other links. So you can join our discord server from there. You can click at the top of the room if you're in here today and join the discord. So that that's like probably the best way to keep track of us. So, you know, we can all find each other and hang out and talk about God and stuff together. Anyway. So um, there you go with that public service announcement. Uh, okay. Joanna. Uh, yeah. The gospels. Are you speaking Joanna? She's still muted. Uh, oh, I was just looking on Google Scholar. Well, they didn't sign them. That was one thing that, that was said. They didn't identify themselves as apostles of Christ and things of that nature. So do you know if Luke was an apostle or Matthew? Uh, yeah, and I'd love, I know Chris is at the diner, but I'd love if he can pull himself away from his omelet. But just to start, like, there are things like if I mean this is this this is kind of like 101. Um, 
like, I, I don't know, apologetics 101. So not to like, you know, condemn the site where you or whoever like said this stuff, but it is a very big lack of just any study whatsoever. So whenever they say, just for one example, John, they'll say, we have no idea who wrote the gospels. And how do you know it's John? By reading John. So commonly throughout the gospels, John is referred to as the one Jesus loves. And at the beginning, uh, you know, he talks about like, you know, I, John, and then the very, very end of it, he says and like, something like, and it was, this is witness and this is wrote by the one Jesus loved. So the way you understand that John wrote John is simply by reading John. So it, it's kind of like one plus one equals two. But people that are just like looking at the first paragraph to see, oh, I author this. Um, they're like, oh, well, there's no, no one says they're the author, so we don't know who wrote it. And it, that's like the easiest litmus test to how serious, um, you know, you should take these people because the answer is in the book. And it's only like, what, 21, 20, 21 chapters long, John? Um, so if you just read the book, in the book of John, it tells you John wrote John. Uh, but anyways, Chris, if you have a second, I would love to hear your, um, anything you have to say about that, the, the Gospels, um, wh whatever Joanna said, like we don't know who wrote them or when they wrote it, and they weren't even wrote by the disciples, things like that. Well, two of them are written by disciples, John and Matthew. Two of them are written by close associates to the apostles, uh, Luke and Mark, both of which are mentioned in the scripture in Acts in the first century. Um, we have nearly universal attestation from the early churches who wrote the Gospels long before the claims of liberals that the Gospels were written, you know, in the 200s or something crazy like that. Um, we have actual writings of people who lived, you know, like 130, 140, that like, you know, here's all the four of the Gospels, and they're all written by these guys. So um, there's excellent evidence to show that the Gospels were actually written by who they were supposedly written by. Well, thank you for that, Chris. Uh, Joanna, does that give you yes. anything you were looking for? Thank you very much. Uh, Birdie, <laughs> have, you, have you been lost in the uh, wind? I saw you like the other day, I think like right as I was leaving or something, right? Yeah, man. Like I was, I was talking to people. I was like, yo, what happened to ask a Christian? Cause I get on every day and I don't see it. And I was like, oh, I guess they're taking a hiatus or something. I, I was just looking for it every day. Did I just, just cough like, in everyone's ear? I thought I was muted. You, I, I didn't hear anything. Oh, okay. Good. Maybe I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. What has it been like? It's been a long time since I've been back because it's just like every day I get on, I don't see you guys. Well, I, I threw a pity party for a while because um, whenever Clubhouse dive bombed their platform, it was it was difficult enough to have a conversation and find people. So I mm -hmm. thought for a time like, well, I'm like, OK, maybe it's a new season. Um, use some NAR words there. Um, so I thought we'd sow some seeds into like, I don't know, Christian topics and discipleship and, you know, maybe just talking with like newer Christians and and kind of going deeper. Um, right. And that's about the time where all the um, <laughs> drama with the Christians um, started. And then all the Christians were busy either like uh, taking a break because they just threw up their hands and walked away or, you know, fighting amongst themselves. And um, I'm like, well, that stinks. <laughs> so I'm, I, uh, I, I'm like, you know, why am I even, why am I even here? Because uh, even though people accuse me of talking a lot, um, if I don't have anyone to converse with and talk to, I, I've got about 10, maybe 15 minutes in me, and then I'm done. So I'm like, well, I can just have like a you know five-minute podcast every day, or I can just like take a break and see what happens. 
So I, I took a took a break for like a, I don't know a week or two maybe, and uh, did some very sparse podcasts. But I'm I'm really trying to get through it. Um, so so yeah, that's that's what's going on. So one man show, I'm I'm not so great at. I need people to talk to. Um, but the good <laughs> news is I only need like one person. So if there's like one good person that's actually speaking back, we can usually find something uh, to get into. Right. Well, it's good to see everyone. Are, are you on the Discord server? If not, click that link at the top. And then yeah, you yeah. Can I, I, always find I'm in us. the Discord. Yeah, because that's why I was asking. I was like, I was asking people. I was like, is there something wrong with the app? Um, and then who was it oh, that replied? And they yeah. said, <laughs> they said no. The app is not glitching for them because, like, oh, okay. I remember seeing that conversation. That was you that said that. Yeah, I, I just wasn't sure if it was like, oh, people aren't getting on because it's been acting finicky or something like that. But, yo, how's everyone's new year? Because I don't even really think I really talked to you guys since then. Yeah, well, my uh, 2024 New Year's resolutions, um, about a day into it, got pushed back to um, 2025 resolutions. So we'll be... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> a whole know, other year, what's the resolution? Eating better, stuff like that. I'm no, like, ah. man, you can... Okay, you didn't start off right, but you can still you can you have like what is it? You have three hundred plus days left. Like we're we're, we're still I, in the early. I like to think I'm mostly joking, but you know what is it like behind every joke? There's like a little bit of seriousness or something like that. Yeah, I mean the way I I sometimes try to do something new is um, it's easier to say no when there's a better yes. So like instead of trying to stop something, but just fill it with something better. So like find find better foods or meals that you actually enjoy that you don't feel like you're settling for. Yeah, like right now I'm trying to settle for a powdery chocolate breakfast shake. <laughs> and I I mean sometimes I think about that in terms of like evangelizing, right? Like it's like say for example a person who is um Let's say, let's say Muslim. Um, I feel like they would probably accept the gospel if they were able to understand it in a way that made more sense to them than where they're currently at. Um, but. I I don't know. I because it's hard. You know, you don't want to like lump a whole group of people into one. Thing. This may be loud. Is that loud? Do you hear that? Uh, we can hear the shaking, but it's. I mean, you're going faster, but it's like. You know. <laughs> this is worst ask a Christian room ever. Yeah, I had to shake my shake. I can this only mute so uh, much. Wow, the shake weight. <laughs> wait. But it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I feel somehow like I shouldn't lump a whole group of people, but there are some mentalities that or like ideas that you can lump in together. Increasingly. Man, Islam is more and more one. Um, I, I don't know. Um, Chris doesn't mind death threats. Maybe he can help me out. But I mean, really, it's when the, the religion teaches it's okay to deceive for Allah, you cannot trust that. Like, it, it doesn't matter how, how mild-mannered or how nice someone is. Um, if they subscribe to that faith, well, that's that's a pretty big point in it. So it's like you never know if someone is being truthful or if they're just telling you what you want to hear because their end game is to convert you. So it's like if, if deception is built into your core belief system, I have a very difficult time having a conversation with someone coming from that angle. Um, 
because you just never know if they're lying to you. <laughs> I mean, versus Christianity, like we have a whole commandment that says, do not lie, do not bear false witness. So, you know, if, if we say we're Christians and we believe that, then if we lie to you or deceive you, we are violating one of our main tenets. Um, right. Versus I mean, the other I, way I, around. So anyway, when I meet someone, I, I answer their questions. I'll talk to them. I'll be nice. But always kind of like wise as serpents, yet innocent as dove type approach. It's like, oh, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Uh-huh. I hear what you're saying while thinking. Well, they could just be telling me what I want to hear. Yeah, I think it, it must have been just as hard, if not harder, for the early day Christians. Um, because it wasn't like the Abrahamic faiths were kind of spread widely at that moment. I mean, you had very archaic pagan practices that people were still reaching to. And for me, I just think about well, how did how did they do it? And it's like ultimately, I, I honestly I default to like a generic response of like, well, God is God is ultimately in charge. And we're just called to share the message and live the life. Um, and it, it really might just get brushed off and you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, not to think of it like they're like the the past avatars or whatever, but like kind of looking back to how early day Christians approached really reaching out to people from different nationalities. I mean, like like we were talking, I mean, you have people who are takers of writing the Gospels who weren't even who weren't even Jews. That wasn't their heritage, but yet they received it. But I, I get what you're saying. You just you don't know how how you can have authentic relationships and communication if you feel like their fundamentals are built on that. Well, yeah. And for the record, um. Chris, weren't all the, all the Gospels of the Bible actually Jewish? Unless, like, you're talking about, like, one of the uh, disciples of the guy. Was he, like, maybe Luke or something? Or Luke. Luke, Luke was a Jew. So, like, they were all Jewish. And in any case, good thing, you know, Luke's one Gospel is backed up by three more. So I think that's another good thing about the, you know, the Bible, at least like the books don't say wildly different things or more information. It covers pretty much the same information over and over and over. So it's, it's just redundant, um, which is a good thing because it's really makes it difficult to mess up unless, you know, people have a reason to like, they don't care about it. They're using it for power agenda, like anything other than the right way. But, you know, open mind, sincere heart, just minimal reading comprehension um, from the Gospels to Acts to Corinthians to the whole New Testament. It just says the same thing over and over. Like if you took all the points, do you have any any guesstimation on that, Chris? If you took all the points made in the New Testament, like all the main doctrinal points <clears throat> and took out all the duplicates, um, how big would the New Testament be? Like the size of one of the Gospels? Well, so, quick side note before Chris answers. Uh, Chris, uh, Luke is not a Jew; he's a Gentile, and he has no he has no known lineage to uh, Jewish background. Um, you have you have Colossians that speaks about the nature in which um, Paul is not including him among those of the circumcised, which is a Jew. 
Well, so there's um, more. There's, there's more to think, say that he's not a Jew. Well, I think Chris did say uh, Luke was not a Jew. I, I oh, thought that was I'm, Chris's example. But then I'm for sorry. Paul, I mean, he may say that about among the circumcised talking about the law. But remember the part where he's like, "I am the Jew among Jews," <laughs> or it's like, "I am the, the Pharisee among Pharisees who were Jews." So I mean, you know, there's another point. He's like, "Yeah, I'm a Jew all the way." That's why they were like freaking out. Um, well, at one point because he was a Roman citizen, but yeah, he's like, "I am, I'm like a Pharisee of Pharisees." He's like, "I am like very much a Jew, yeah. but also a Roman citizen." Um. Chris, I thought I heard you unmute at one point. No, my clubhouse was jacked up. I couldn't do anything. Oh, praise clubhouse. I'm almost done making noise, I promise. <laughs> you making bacon? I'm at the diner. I'm running water. Oh. <laughs> bacon? Don't you know the law? Moses says not to eat bacon? <laughs> I was so happy every time someone brings up the uh, don't bear uh, don't bear false witness. They're like, it's a sin to lie, and then someone's like, always goes to the bear false witness. They're like, no, it's not. Remember, like you know, Rahab and the harlot who lied. Blah blah blah. It's not a sin. It's a sin to bear false witness. And then I just like you know, speed post like Leviticus nineteen eleven, um, where it says, do not lie. <laughs> like it's pretty hard to mess that one up. Anyway, that just happened. I don't know. People. Do. What, Chris? People. People? Oh, it's cutting out. I think you just said people. People are dumb. Oh. But this guy is really receptive. So, like, there was this Christian in, like, this Facebook Christian group I was posting in. Or, well, I posted that. Uh, but they had this, like, by the time I got there, there was, like, 30, a 30-comment 30 thread about, um, you know, why does Jesus tell – okay, what well, was it was ridiculous how it started. But it's like, how did Jesus uh, tell – um, if lying is a sin, how could Jesus command Peter to to lie three times, denying him? So that's how this whole thing started. <laughs> After they get through, they're like, bro, Jesus wasn't commanding him to sin. He just told him that he would because he knew he would sin. He wasn't saying lie. He just knew he was going to. Anyways, and then it got on the, no, lying is not a sin. Lying's totally cool because look at all these people in the Hall of Faith, you know, who lied and all this other stuff. And they're like, it's bearing false witness that's a sin. So I'm just like, <laughs> Leviticus 1911. Uh, so do not lie. I, but then the guy was receptive, though, and he's just like, oh, well, that clears up this whole thing. Thank you for that. I'm like, oh, good. Someone that, you know, saw a Bible verse and changed their mind. Yep, Bertie. So I have a question that just kind of popped into my head that I hadn't thought about before. But do you guys think Nazis? that? <laughs> oh, not that one. Do you guys, do you guys think that? Jesus, in his uh, fully human state, he had um, the clear perspective of every moment that would transpire. Or do you think that there were moments of revelation that were given to him by the Father at those pertained moments and not every moment? <clears throat> That's an interesting question. I don't know if... We can get a complete answer, but some things I think is, um, you know, we're told when Jesus was like, you know, what, like around like 12 or when he was teaching in the temple, um, you know, mm -hmm. there's a thing that says Jesus grew in like knowledge and stature and stuff like that. Um, 
so do we want to say like equate future events with learning how to like read and write and speak? Um, and, and then like, does he know the future, even though he can't say hello, mama? Um, or, you know, also, you know, after the baptism, you know, when he, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, um, you know, was in, he was like filled with the Holy Spirit and everything. Um, yeah, would that be another, yeah. yeah, would that be another key point at which he was, um, he didn't have certain knowledge until that happened? And then he had all knowledge or like you're posing, um, was it, was it limited or revealed? Um, that's the setup. Uh, Chris got an answer. <laughs> oh boy. Canoticism, sub canoticism. Yay. Um, I didn't know that was a real thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a whole thing in theology and there's actually a whole big fat argument about it on Protestant theology right, or Protestant Twitter right now. So, um, what I will say is that uh, Jesus Christ, when he took on human flesh, retained all of the omni-attributes. He did not give up any of his omni-attributes. It is literally impossible for him to do so. Um, there are some questions as to how that functioned in the hypostatic union. And for a further discussion of this, actually, uh, there, there's a really good um, James White just yesterday he goes through the entire thing. So he will give you a one-hour discussion on canonicism and the correct biblical ideas of how Jesus retained um, and did not use omniscience in every case, or omnipresence. Or <clears throat> what? Jesus, what? Jesus never ceased being omnipresent or any of the omnipotent. What is that word, canonicism? Yes. K-N-O... Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you if your spelling is as good as your knowledge, so finish spelling it <laughs> so I can look it up later. No, my spelling's really bad. I might be spelling it wrong. So it's based on a Greek word, so I don't know. I could be spelling it wrong, but canoticism is what it's called. K N O. You sure it starts with a K? Yeah, I, I am sure it starts with a K. It's not like G N or anything like that. So. Does that doesn't that make you guys wonder then how really? how can you how can you even bother to start trying to parent baby Jesus? Well, I I mean fortunately I, really I get to avoid problem. that. I, I don't have to <laughs> I don't have to parent baby Jesus. But if I did, I'd be like, All right, I got a job to do. So I'm like, here baby Jesus, uh, you know, have a cupcake for breakfast. And if he spoke it's like that's bad. Feed me green beans. I'm like, oh, well, okay, here's a green bean. I mean, that, that's probably how that would go. They're like, hey, baby Jesus, you know, stay out of that traffic. They'd be like, good one, good one, parent. They'd be like, yep, yep. Mom, mom and dad know a thing or two. Traffic? Like, hey, Do you mean like the camels I'm, walking by? Yes, yes, pulling carts and oxen and all that stuff. All right, fair. I mean, or if he was here today, I mean, you know, semi-trucks. But yeah, be, be like, um, baby Jesus, don't walk, don't jump. If all the other people jump off that bridge are you going to too no of course not good answer i mean i think right. we agree on I mean, a lot of stuff because my my thought is if if jesus if jesus had all the knowledge even at that moment of conception and and throughout his entire life i wonder about like there was nothing for his parents to offer to him um no no no, no, no. like look when it says that he grew in stature and knowledge what that means is that you know he didn't he had a, a fully human nature okay he 
took on an additional human nature. And so his personhood was wrapped up in that nature. And while he still, obviously, as the second person of the Trinity, retained all of the omni qualities, his human nature still had to be raised and still had to be educated and taught how to speak and read and all that stuff. So, like, his human nature was a fully human nature, just like we are. And and would you say that... Would you say there was, like, a complete completed transformation of the Jesus that went on to preach because of the, the Holy Spirit descending on him at his baptism? That's, a, that's an ancient heresy known as adoptionism. Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah, we don't we don't teach that at all. Like nothing nothing materially or ontologically changed in the person of Christ um with the the uh, baptism of the spirit. Um that that is simply the kicking off of his earthly ministry for 3 years. That is the that is the road to the cross. That is nothing. There's no <clears throat> there's no woo-woo that was added to Jesus, you know. At that moment, mm. not saying that I, <clears throat> not saying I rejected it at all. I'm just thinking, because um, I, I guess, yeah, just think through these things. Sure. Be, being being in a being in a mindset of like, like imagine like we had the knowledge of something. And we go back in time in our younger bodies, but kind of retaining the knowledge of everything that happened and knowing what we would have wanted to do differently. And then that kind of loops through because we would know every instance of a different action. I, I wonder, it's just like, would we really experience the same experience as as man, right? Like, we would know when to avoid suffering um and not to say that he did because he he kind of walked into it for our sake um but also like, like like okay if i knew every exact moment i was going to be tempted right for something i would beforehand set myself up in a situation to make sure i'm not placed in that moment of temptation so I, that that's where my my mind is wondering, and I, I'm curious to know your responses. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a say, yes, in our human conception, it's difficult for us to understand the intricacies of the incarnation. What I will say is that is not what the teaching of the incarnation teaches. This is not right. You know, the, the second person of the the Trinity completely overwhelms the human nature to the point where the human nature doesn't matter, right? Or the learning of the human nature doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. There's also no penetration of the human nature to the divine nature, and there is full penetration of the divine nature to the human nature. These are all things taught at Chalcedon. This has been settled for 1,500 years. Like the, uh, I would I would just go ahead and read. And actually, you know what? Read through the Westminster Shorter Catechism on the Incarnation. It will be very instructive. West. It's real short. It'll take you like ten minutes. It's a trap. It's a trap. No, it is good. So, so like, so the whole thing is, is that the reason that we have catechisms, 
we were talking about this the other day, is that it's a very short and succinct way to understand very quickly a Christian doctrine. And so the doctrine of the incarnation is covered in the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I don't remember which numbers it is. You can Google it. Um, and it'll, it'll show you what the, you know, and give you scripture for every single one of the ideas about the incarnation and how it functions. So you said the Westminster Catechism is what it's called? Yeah, I would do the okay. shorter rather than the longer. I mean, I don't want to, like, uh, how long is the longer? It's hundreds of pages. So, like, I would say, if you're just getting an overview, do the shorter, and then if you got questions, go to the longer. Okay. Nate, why do you say it's a trap? <laughs> I'm trying to do this on, on mute, so if it's too loud of water. And, Chris, you're very quiet. I don't know if you can, like, up your volume or whatever. Because one time he's like, "Hey, just just read a couple paragraphs of Westminster Confession and uh, or Statement of Faith or whatever it was," and uh, like twenty minutes later, I'm still reading. He's like, "You're almost done. You're almost done." I'm like, "Dude," he's like, "Well, I thought it was shorter." Um, Steph, I did send an invite. Maybe you're not able to speak. I, I wanted to ask about the uh, if the people kicking kids out of school to house migrants was just in New York City or if that's uh, where you are too. But yeah, and sometimes I think it's easier just to, you know, not not to phone it in, but just like trust and obey, right? Have faith. Like if you've got the groundwork, um, I don't know. I mean, I see both sides, like how you want to go deeper in your faith and like learn exactly to the best of your possible ability. Like, you know, which did this, which happened here, how this happened. You, you want to understand your faith, but also, you know, keep keep in the back pocket that you've already made the prize. You've already won the prize. You've already like, you know, you're already have got your award, i.e. eternal life. So it's like, right. if you never quite fully flesh this out. Like, you know, how much of Jesus is omnipotent or how much of Jesus is or um, omniscient or whatever we're talking about omniscience. Um, how much did he know? How much was revealed to him? Did he always have this? Does he still have this? It's like, I don't need to stress out because at the end of the day, like I've already got the gift of eternal life. So if I never quite, Settle on an answer. All good. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, good. I think I think I just draw from the the thought of like. So there was that scripture where it was like it's like be ready to share your testimony, right? And then it's just like in in sharing that testimony, I'd imagine people would have more questions and they would go on and on. And I'd like to, I mean. At the end of my life, I'd like to know that I did what I could to to flesh out what I really believe for another person, not necessarily for myself. I mean, also for myself, but I, oh, yeah, I think well, <laughs> well, yeah, hundred percent. You want to do that, like you know, First Peter three, what fifteen? Be ready for anyone that asks you why you have this hope that you have to give a you know given explanation with what gentleness and respect. Um, mm -hmm. This hope that you have. I, I butchered that verse. Sorry. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> um, but I mean, you want to know what you believe in why. But I mean, if you're talking about like, you know, like seventh order of magnitude things like uh, <laughs> that's like Christian space time theory about the material, incorporeal, non-material at the same time nature of God. It's like, look, if you're that far explaining what you think about God um, and someone is not already a Christian, like, nah, bro, you're, you're being trolled. Like, back up. Like, repent and believe the gospel. Jesus died for you. His blood can wash away your sin. Do you accept that? Yes or no? 
Um, oh, no? Okay, then the materialistic components of the matter of God is probably not something. I, I'm just going to go tell 10 more people about Jesus and his death, burial, resurrection in the time you could explain something that this guy don't care about anyways. Like, if you're going to believe in a God, it's going to be long before you get to that stuff. In mm. my humble opinion. Uh, Lou, you've been up here. What Did you have something to say? Yeah, I was just thinking, um, how's my audio? Surprisingly good. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about, like, you know, when we when we read about Jesus walking on water, and we, your question is equivalent to, like, all right, so you think the molecules kind of, like, just harden on the surface, and then, like, the waves... Bro, kind of like, I think about that all the time. <laughs> right, but that it's, equiv it's, it's equivalent. It's like, we don't know. All we know is that the guy, that that scripture says he did, and we kind of leave it at that because we know he can. You know what I mean? You know, right. You, know, you said that way better than I ever could, Lou. Because, um, yeah, it, you explained what happened. Like, well, how did Jesus walk on the water? Like, yeah, the molecules, he walked on water. But how? Irrelevant. But, well, don't you know? Shouldn't you know about your God? But what we know is what we need to know. What we need to know is he walked on water. So, you know, did the water harden or turn to some type of magic ice that didn't freeze him before? Like, none of that matters. That, that's like, you know, that's like diverting attention from the miracle that Jesus walked on water. Right. Good job, Lou. Attaboy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do admit that my mind has gotten carried away at times. Um, I mean, because, like, even with just the walking on water part, like, I would imagine, like, because what was it? One of the accounts was, like, it was during a storm. Um, and it's like, I was like, oh, like, was the, was the water like rocking up and down? And it's like, was Jesus like going up and down as he was walking or did he like cause the water around him to be still, but it's all unnecessary, but it's like, I don't know. It's just kind of how my mind goes and trails. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it either. Like those thoughts and stuff like that. It's just when people start to say, this is what happened. You know, they create this theology that they're trying to, like, both other right, build off of. And then, you know, now we have heresies. Well, yeah, that's, that's a good point because that's an, and then and, and then we're going to get to Connie. But, yeah, that's a really good point because so much so much of this stuff is, is theory. Right. So if the Bible doesn't say it, we should perhaps not either. Like if the Bible is silent, we should probably be silent. But for discipleship and, you know, theorizing and things like that, I mean, you, you still want to do your diligence. But as a general like witnessing tool, if it's not in the Bible, probably don't lead with that um, because then right. that can happen because it's like, well, if, if someone starts with, OK, Jesus walked on water. Well, how do we think that could have happened? Well, it could have happened by, you know, Jesus just like mind bending the molecules beneath him to make the water become solid. Um, and then somewhere along the way, enough people say that and hypothesize that's what happened, that then someone just is like the telephone game. And they're like, yeah, Jesus walked on water. And they're like. Uh, how did he do that, Christian? How did he do that? And they're like, oh, well, Jesus hardened the molecules by his mind. And then they're like, oh, see, that's how I know your God's alive, because scientifically that's impossible, blah, 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 blah. And, and they're like, where in the Bible does it say that? And they're like, oh, well, I guess I guess it doesn't say that in the Bible. And they're like, see, your right. Bible's wrong. So, I mean, whenever we, we go from, like, hypothesizing <laughs> things to, like, um, not consciously remembering that that's exactly what we're doing, um, then we end up, like, becoming doctrines and... Um, than teaching things that are hypotheses as doctrine when all that we should be saying is, bro, Jesus walked in water. That's it. Repent and believe. So how, how do you guys not let that leak through when you're talking? Like, like as you're building talking on your to atheists for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, like, how do you not let it build on, like, the dialogue and how you speak about things, right? Like, how do you try to stay as close to just scripture only as much as possible without, like, letting some of your inferences leak through? Well, I can't say for a fact that no inferences leak through, but I can say, like, I, I, I do what I did just now. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I will say things like, well, look, this is what the Bible says in black and white. Jesus walked on water. Take that as gospel. Um, right. And then someone's like, how could that happen? I'm like, well, your guess is as good as mine. The Bible, like, says facts, like what is, but it doesn't give us the mechanisms always. So it could have turned to, like, you know, flash frozen ice. I don't know. Um, he could have had buoyancy. He could have actually been flying like Superman, and it just looked, and he was hovering on the water, but it really just looked like he was walking water. Um, right. But, I'll be like, but the Bible didn't say any of that. That's just me using human wisdom, which the Bible warns against. That, that's how it would do it, like something how we're having this conversation right now. Uh, hey, Connie, what's up? Oh, I, think ultimate, I think ultimately, too, right, we, we, when we're speaking to someone, they and us have to submit to the idea that God created all things. That's all things. That means he is, he, he can do as he wants. He, he has done as exactly as he wants. So um, trying to explain that to someone may be kind of hard in, 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 a, in our realm, so to speak, like with our mind, right? But we're only revealing what he reveals to us. And I mean, and I think that's what we're we're called to be faithful with. You know? And uh, um, Bert, oh, there you are, I guess. Hey, Connie, what's up? Where, did you get that? Um, I, I replied to your little voice um, memo thing. Did you get that? Yes, thank you. That was great. I Were you able to find the house and everything? Yes, I was able to find it this morning. Um, you know, uh, Chris is on the high end of the spectrum of intelligence, wouldn't you say? I was going to say someone else for sure. At, well, <laughs> you are, I would put you on the other. That yeah, I, I wouldn't, so I, I wouldn't say I'm that putting, I'm putting myself, well, I would, Chris, and I'm putting myself on the lower end of the spectrum because I really and truly am. Um, and that's kind of a strange thing to come to a realization that, um, that that's where you're at, right? And so when I first came on this app, and I'm saying this for you, Bertie, um, I was so excited about being around Christians that knew the word of God so well, and they could just quote it and expound on it. And, oh, man, I was, I think you even can remember, Nate, I was pretty excited. And, um, but things have happened since then. And one, one thing I want to uh, say to you, um, Bertie, is that people forget to speak about the Holy Spirit. He's our guide. He lives inside of us. He's, he's God. He's Jesus. He's the Holy Spirit. He's in us. And if you're spending more time reading books and less time speaking with your Heavenly Father, you're going to go off track. He's right. the one who enlightens what you read. He's the one who opens our understanding. The Word of God says that wisdom comes from Him. And when we think that wisdom comes from our book-learned knowledge, we go astray. So I would say focus all of your attention on loving God with all your heart. And if you don't have enough love for Him, ask Him 
for more. These kinds of prayers, when you pray the will of God for your life, brother, you start seeing the Holy Spirit move in mighty ways in your walk. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to line our will up with his will. And then we're in simpatico with him, right? If you do that, you'll do really good in the long run. Whether you're highly intelligent or like me on the lower end of the spectrum, loving God with all your heart is the most important part. And that's what I had to say for you, Bertie. Thank you, Connie. Uh, Mr. Gas, what's up? How you doing? Are you speaking? Yeah, what up? What's going on? Do you have anything on your mind, or did you just come up here to hang out with us? Um, I had a couple things, but I don't know if we've moved past those conversations. I think he was. Um, I think his headspace was in the area of the um, balancing. He's just walking on water. No, no. Well, I, I was looking at his comments in the chat where he was talking about not leaning on on books and his perception of like oh. he was saying, why is that not a good thing? Oh, and, I, I see. The Bible is a book. Is that bad to read? The answer is not automatically no. <laughs> so, like, just like Connie said, where that that may be like, ha gotcha, demon atheist. Um, I actually don't remember what you are if you're agnostic or whatever, but um. I would say the answer is not automatically no. The Bible could be a very bad book to read. Um, it can serve as a tool to harden one's heart just as much as it can serve to soften one's. And that that's like where Jesus talks about it's about the heart. Like that, the whole thing is about like, you know, this this heart. And they're like, oh, how do you feel with your heart? How do you think with your heart? It's a metaphor. Um, anyways, but so if you are open and sincere, like Jesus talks about humility and being humble. If you're reading the Bible from this open, seeking, sincere uh place of being humble, then the Bible is a great book, and I think it's going to lead you um, to a relationship with Christ. If you, um, you know, are not humble, if you kind of have, like, one's mind made up, and you're kind of, you know, arrogant or haughty in spirit and stuff like that, and you read the book, you're like, oh, how could a talking snake, uh, how could a snake really talk? Did it really happen? Oh, your God is a lie. Um, it, it can serve as an amazing tool to harden someone's heart. Uh, just as it can serve as an amazing tool to soften one's heart. Um, so I would say that. Is there um, a difference to you between like reading it with an open heart and like just trying to believe everything in it? Well, I'd say that's um, so... different. Well, well, real quick, Bertie. I'd say um, reading with an open heart doesn't mean you're automatically opening yourself up to just like hook, line, and sinker taking everything it says. Like I think, you know, healthy, like questioning is healthy. Like, you know, the disciples constantly question Jesus um, um, a lot, but they, they also don't have like a, like a, pre, a pre-approved response for every answer he gives. It's like, you know, you think of you hear it, you question it, you really analyze it, you meditate on it, you ponder it um, rather than, you know, questioning with just like an unimaginable amount of skepticism. Uh, Bertie, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean... From my perspective, in terms of like, like let's say, like reading the Bible from like a a perspective of like a preconceived notions, um, on some level, I think we always operate with a bias, right? And I think that humble posture is trying to 
is trying to just lay down biases. I think I think everyone here, for the most part, attempts to lay down their biases because we're trying to pursue endeavors in a more clear sense. But I think um, when we're in a humble state, we're we're laying down the the biases that we have that have formulated our narrative so that we can actually truly understand what the text is conveying. Right. Like, um, so like, for example, like you might read in Genesis about the snake and the, or the serpent in the garden and then go on thinking, okay, this is, this is a snake, but then you read on to the further chapters and you might have, um, a, not as a concrete understanding of, of was it a snake or was it just a seraphim or was it like using this to describe its characteristics of what this being was in the garden? And I think I think um, having a posture of humility is allowing yourself to hold a multitude of perspectives and weigh them in each new informed insight as you go forward. Um, yeah, that's just my thought. So could you see a case of a person who has an open heart and is honestly reading the book and trying to explore things, um, but they still do not believe it's correct and God um, doesn't soften their heart or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have the, I mean, just by reading it alone doesn't necessarily grant you that belief. I mean, it's, I operate with, I, I believe that God is very much real and alive, right? Um, it was, it, it was in conjunction with things I had experienced and had come to know that I even had the desire to read. Right. Um, or, or even after reading, there were things that I didn't accept until having further, um, prayed or thought about things and gone through certain things to kind of bring a new perspective to what I had as a current understanding. So I think just reading the book alone isn't an isn't an inherent thing to 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 reveal to a person the understandings of what they believe or don't believe. And I think there's also the duality of what believing really is. I mean, you have instances in scripture where you have people who say they have unbelief, but yet they be, they they choose to believe um, in Jesus and and what He can do. And I, I think a lot of people fail to remember that believing isn't just saying toss everything out the window and now this is what I believe, but it's more so saying like in in the actual humble sense of like, I doubt a lot of these things and I'm in a lot of skepticism, a lot of these things. Right. But I'm taking the action to choose and trust in God to work in this situation. Like, what is it? The man who was it? His, his son was sick or something like that. And yeah. he was like, he was asked by Jesus, is like, do you believe? And the man responded saying, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Most people would be like, how do you believe and also not believe at the same time? But there it is in scripture. Um, so just because a person has a lack of belief doesn't necessarily mean they, they lack faith or, or, or lack belief. I, I think it's just a more complex thing um, to, to actually think about internally. And Steph, I don't know if you were uh, able to speak it or not, but um, the stage is uh, available for you. <laughs> Maybe Chris got a work call or something. I don't know if that's what you're waiting for. But... 
I still like talking to both of you. Um, anyways, um, yeah, guess. Um, any follow-up on that, guess? Sure, yeah, those are some good points there, Bertie. Um, I'm wondering, so if you were in the state of seeking, let's say you were, you were reading the Bible and you're, you're on Team God, um, but you're, you're in that, uh, that in-between state where you're seeking, you're open-hearted, but you're not a Christian yet, and let's say you, um, let's say somebody, not you, just somebody in this state had an unfortunate accident and let's say they died or something like that. Do you think God would send that person to hell, even though they're, um, they're not a Christian, but they're actively seeking? Um, so oh. I guess the first, hang on, well, hang on, let's get some other people in here too. Um, yeah, sorry. Even though, even though I'm also talking, <laughs> but, but, um, maybe Lou wants to talk to, I think Fridays are his day off. Um, well, first of all, it's important to know, and this is an example, Bertie, um, the Bible doesn't say, right? Or, well, the Bible does say, but as far as what we think, um, that's all we're doing is telling you what we think, um, but we could be wrong. So what the Bible does say is, you know, no one gets to the Father except through Jesus. So that's all, that's all the Bible ultimately says about that state of that person. So um, what it doesn't say it, well, the Bible also says, you know, for anyone who uh, calls on the name of the Lord, uh, you know, believes that God raised Jesus from the dead and uh, confesses Jesus as Lord, you will be saved. Um, but then that doesn't cover people who may be mute. So does that mean you literally have to call on the name, uh, say Jesus is Lord, um, even if you can't speak? Does that mean those people are damned to hell? Well, the Bible doesn't say that. But my opinion, based on the character of God we read, of course not, because, well, the Bible also does say God looks at the heart. So that's all we, and then the only other thing the Bible does say is work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So there is a very urgent sense there to expediently become a disciple of Jesus. So to the person who's on the fence and not really sure, uh, God knows their heart. So um, there's no reason they shouldn't as quick as possible um, say, you know, Jesus is Lord. I believe, I believe. Um, but does that mean, can they, can they believe in their heart, this, this heart? Um, before they like intellectually believe in their head. Um, I don't know how much the mercy of God extends to, but I would say for myself, that's an incredibly dangerous place to be. And I wouldn't recommend it for anyone. On the other hand, you can't believe something before you believe something. So today is the He's day of salvation. There too. Yeah. So, yeah. So like the Bible says in Isaiah, like today is the day of salvation. So, you know, hurry up. If you think this could be true, and you're kicking the can down the road, like, you know, kind of praying, like, you know, two or three times a month and kind of thinking about it. Like, well, maybe it's true. Like, I just need to think about it. Hurry up. <laughs> well, Nate, I'd say that's not. So you're you're kind of sneaking in some premises here. That's not the person I was yeah. talking about. I'm talking about I'm not talking about like a fence sitter, like you're kicking it down the road. You're like, uh, I'm talking about somebody who's on Team God. They're praying. They're open their heart. They're going to church. They're ready for this. But they have not received. um any sort of communication from God and they're still an atheist. So with that person, you'd say that person, um, God would not send them to hell because that would not be just, yep. right? Can I try? Well, uh, yeah, you could try. And I guess, I guess I was confused. So my bad, I didn't mean to take up too much time to waste it. But when you said team God, um, like, like usually if someone says team God, I think Christian. So saying team God, but not a Christian, um, that was a little confusing. Um, who, who said they wanted to try? Was that Lou? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the ultimate part of your question is, does God know your heart? The answer is yes. Now, all the little caveats that you're kind of throwing out, you know, if this, if this, 
I don't know. We can't answer that question. And that's what Nate was saying. We, we, we don't know your heart, but God does. And we could, we could be sure that whatever God's judgment is, whether it's to glory or to hell, he's right. Thank you, Lou. You like my spirit animal translator today. Uh, Guess did that answer it? Yeah. Um, it sounds like. I mean, I guess the answer is basically we don't know, but God does. <laughs> sure, but assuming the person is honest and they have an open heart, it sounds like you'd say that person would not go to hell, right? If they truly believe and they repented and put their trust in Christ, God knows. That's that's yeah. what we know. God knows. Yeah, like but, in, in well, they, my mind, they don't necessarily well, believe. They're bought. They're bought into trying to believe, and they want to understand it, and they're seeking, and they're open, but um, they don't necessarily believe as of yet. I yeah, would say and, that. I would say that person that, that's struggling with this thing may not even know, but God knows. And that's what I'm. I'm saying, like, I, I'm stuck splitting hairs between. You say they don't believe yet, but do they actually believe? They just haven't admitted it to themselves yet. Like I'm, I'm stuck over here trying to split that hair. Where you're saying, well, they they want to believe, but they don't believe yet. And I'm saying, maybe they do believe. They just haven't admitted it to themselves yet. And I mean, man, I mean, either way, that's a very, very dicey place to be. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone. But I mean, if that's the position they're in, that's the position they're in. Um, I, I would just say, you know, encourage such a person to um, make a decision sooner than later. Like, like instead of, you know, kind of kicking this can around, like thinking about it, pondering about it, maybe praying about it, you know, twice a week, twice a month. Um, like if it's that important to you, which I believe it's ultimately important, um, you know, you make time for the things you want to make time for. So, you know, maybe, maybe take some of that vacation time you've been storing up and um, <clears throat> spend like a day or two days or three days intensely being like, okay, it's crunch time. What do I actually think about this? That's just my, my advice on the error on the side of caution. Um, sure. Well, it seems like, I don't know, whenever I pre present this person, like you have to change the scenario and then answer that. And I'm wondering, like, do you not believe somebody like that could exist? Like they're, they're open hearted and they're honestly seeking, um, but they haven't received divine revelation or however you go about that. Do you think that person doesn't exist or, or what? Um, so I, 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 well, here we go again. I think. So I think there can be very good, well-intentioned, open, sincere people, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're open to like, you know, the Christian God of the Bible. Like they can be very open to, okay, I believe there is some kind of spirit creator thing out there. I'm open to this. I want to take in all world religions um, and really analyze them all. I'm open. I'm a seeker. I'm uh, you know going to be a student and I want to learn about all these religions so I can be guided to the right path. I would not say that as a candidate for, um, you know, heaven at that moment, because I, I, I would take them at their word that they're open, they're sincere, they're seeking, they're honest. But what are they open and sincere and honest to? It seems like any and all of the above. Um, if well, it's changing is, it again, because yeah. I said, like, they're open towards the Christian God. Yeah, I'm just having a real hard time sticking. Yeah. sticking so how would you know this? Yes. <laughs> how would you know that they're open to this? Well, so I'm, I'm, I'm just asking to use your imagination and imagine. Right, and that, that's but what we're telling like, we cannot wait, do. It, we can't make. Here. Yeah, I'll just, I'll be really quick, and then you can go. Um, I'm just so I'm posing a hypothetical of a pretty specific person, and I just hear when I get responses back that, like, oh, maybe they're open to all gods, or maybe they're just kicking the can down the road. Like I didn't even say any of that, but 
for some reason it's gone in the hypothetical. So I'm just wondering, like, do you get not believe these people could possibly exist or, or what's the stance there? May I, may I go? Uh, yeah, let me just explain my failings. Since it's a very ethereal kind of amorphous question, I'm, I am trying very hard to, um, to imagine where this is going. So I guess I, you're just hearing me hypothesize out loud, and apparently I just miss the mark every time. So that, that's why I keep going down this, because it's, it's not a very concrete question, at least in my mind, because in like Christianity, this like doesn't exist. It's, it's like um, um, you're in or you're out. So like we're trying to reduce all, all the way back to the very, very, very minimum standard that someone could be in. And that's where our minds are wondering because it's very difficult to answer because we're not God. <laughs> but yeah, Bertie, go ahead. And and I've got about 15 minutes, and then I just realized I have another meeting. This is a busy week, um, so we I got about 15, maybe 20 minutes. Um, go ahead, Bertie. Right. So, um, Gas, building off of what I was talking about about the complexities of the nature of faith. Um, so there is the parable that. I forgot who Jesus is speaking to, but it was about, I think it was two women who were preparing because like their master had gone for a time and he didn't, they didn't know when he would return. And one of them was ready, but another one was just about ready, but they got left behind. Um, and it was kind of in the story, it was conveyed in a, in a manner where it was kind of like this person knew they didn't know when their their master was returning they knew they were returning but there were some days where they were kind of relaxed right they were like well i got time um and i think that's kind of the heart posture of I, I might be wrong of that individual that i that i'm hearing i might be misunderstanding but i think it's more of like if this is something that is on their heart that they're they're truly genuine they're gonna um they're going to pursue it wholeheartedly. And I, I think the, the Lord would allow them that time to do so. But if the heart posture is like in the, in the parable, the woman who's kind of like kind of taking her time for granted, um, then I think it falls into that same um, misfortune. Um, and that's just what my thought is. You know, before, before guest responds, I have one more thing uh, to try before I just admit that I failed and I'm bad at my job. Uh, this kind of makes me think of like when we talk about um, babies and do all babies go to heaven? And, you know, I, I usually float that I believe babies go to heaven. But if there was ever an instance where a baby did not go to heaven, it's because God knows the end state of that person. Like if that baby were to live its full life, uh, God is judging them basically as if they're an 80 year old person who's like lived their entire life because God knows exactly the choices they've made and would always make before they're even born so they're being judged in accordance to the full life whether it was actually played out or not because those choices were already made so i would uh, that makes me think of that um that if this person it would really be no different than this infant discussion um god knows that if they're kind of on the fence uh, he still knows the end state so god knows ultimately if that person was given enough time before they were struck by lightning or whatever and, and prematurely killed he knows if they would eventually come to the knowledge of Jesus and perhaps judging them by the end state rather than, you know, they're not there yet. But again, this is like a hypothesis for the ages. We are not God. And it's really weird to even hear myself say that, but that's, that's like the last little philosophical thought I have. 
Well, um, not not to disagree with you, Nate, but I, I guess think I may be current, disagreeing with myself. But yeah, go ahead. Um, from what I heard, you like, I don't know if that sits well with me. Not to say it's true or not. Um, it reminds me. I don't know if you guys remember this movie where it was like they like had a time machine and they were like they were putting people in prison before they ever committed the crime and oh, all that stuff. Yes. Um. 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 Uh, Minority I know report. This. Minority report. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily know if there's evidence that that's how God operates, unless there's I mean. Not. Okay, so yeah, that's, that's so, that, that, so that was that was from your like your drawing like thought process, right? Well, I, I did say a few times that was my hypothesis. That was just okay, me okay. thinking out loud. Nate's like, arguing against himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's chaos inside my head. I'm, I'm not even sure I believe that, but I think it's a very fair point to consider. Um, and also, like, you know, with Minority Port, they were a bunch of, like, you know, godless um, people, robot things um, versus, you know, the actually God that has the right judgment. So we can be sure, like Lou said earlier, what is in the Bible is however you're judged, however God judges someone, that's the right answer. So that, I believe, is one thing that we can definitely be sure of. Whatever happens, that's right. And I do firmly believe that even people who go to hell, if you could do like a hell survey, um, and say, hey, um, you know, do you deserve to be here? Like your your whole uh, yeah, your whole uh, yeah. How do you rate this? Um, but I, I firmly believe that if you could ask them, and like, hey, even though you said if God exists, He's unfair and blah blah blah, and you know this isn't fair because He could have showed you. Like now that you're here in hell, do you deserve to be here? I think they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, I deserve it because of X Y Z. Like. I knew, I denied, I didn't know, I whatever reason. I think that that honestly have to be like, yeah, I, I deserve to be here. I think I think the interesting thing that I remember reading in Revelations was what it speaks about. Um, like, I, I can't, I, I have to find it because like I was like, yo, what, what in the world? I I might be wrong, right? Like this is from what I'm remembering, but <clears throat> it was like a verse talking about like after everyone's raised from the dead, or like after the thousand years were with Jesus everyone's raised and given a second chance and they still choose to reject him in the knowledge that he is in fact there and real because their I hearts would, were just, I I'm going to, I'm going to look for that. Hold, hold that lightly. Let me like actually look for that though. Yeah. Because I'm sure that doesn't say what you are saying. It says, right, right, right. But I, I'd still like to hear it and talk about it. Uh, Chris, are you able to speak for a little bit <clears throat> or do you have any words? Oh, of wisdom? sure. Yeah. How many heresies have I committed? None, right? Because uh, I hedged. I hedged really hard. You hedged. You hedged really hard. Yeah. We should have a good discussion about that at some time. At some point, because there's a lot of um, philosophical entailments that would be like pretty gnarly. Um, going with the God judges the baby as if he Nar. was 80 years old. Nar. Yeah. Wouldn't that be Nar. like? Um, wouldn't that be introducing like determinism? Because people with like the Arminian view that you have free will, like God can know the end, but you can also have free actions. But if he, if he's like saying you would end up in this place, then it would be like determinism more, right? So, well, I mean, I am a determinist, but like the, but that would also make God not God because then God is using the actions of creatures in order to know something. And that would take away from his omniscience. And so like, uh, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of philosophical entailments with that idea that, you know, we should talk through it and be kind of fun. I had a quick oh, follow-up okay. to what Nate said, but yeah, if you wanted to go look up. 
Uh, yeah, go go ahead and uh, do your follow up. I, I saw someone. Robius, is he not around here? I thought I invited him. Oh, there you are. I just I, yeah, I know you were kind of hedging it a little bit, but um, somebody mentioned I don't know if exactly you or maybe Birdie, but like you end up in heaven and like maybe the person doesn't know how they got there, but it's just in the end, or you'll know it's just like how can it be just if like you don't know the rules to like the competition, like somehow you lose the game. But like, and you end up in hell, and you don't even know like why. Well, like, this be a this is thing? well, well, yeah, because this is going to go like really hard towards a claim the Bible makes. Um, so no matter how much people say, and how much I take them at their word, um, that look, I'm telling you, I'm an atheist. I just have a lack of a belief in a God. I don't know what Romans one says. I know. So I believe it would be just based on the claim the Bible makes. So total faith position that the Bible is right that says everyone knows uh, there is a God, um, a creator God. So even though if someone even to themselves are like, dude, I'm telling you, I am not lying. I'm, I don't know that there's a God. I'm not lying. I believe they believe that. I just think like deep down, like through whatever's happened, however long they've lived, their experiences, like this glass that makes it clear that they know there is a God um, has been covered up either by cynicism or trauma or layers of whatever, or just culture. Like maybe nothing awful happened to them. Maybe it was just like, you know, they never thought of it. They never really gave religion or Christianity or this God a chance or never really um, searched. Still, over time, that clear glass that they know there's a God becomes shadier and shadier until it's so dark that they legitimately believe, uh, don't have a belief in a God. They believe that. But they can fix that if they start peeling away some of those layers. Um, and if they do, I believe that's when they arrive at, at God. Um, if they don't, well, that's to their own peril. Um, so deep, deep down in there, I believe the claim that everyone knows there's a God. And I believe if they end up in hell, um, even going through their life saying they don't believe in a God, like they don't have any reason, they just don't have this God knowledge, um, they're going to be like, oh, crap, I guess it was there all along. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, Romans 1 entails that, right? I mean, Romans 1 is specifically like, everybody knows there's God. Everyone is without excuse. Sorry, kids. That's a, which that's is a, why... That's it's a three-line summation of Romans 1, right? Which is why it's very important to share the gospel. And not necessarily, like, if you have limited, like, finite time, the gospel you want to share probably shouldn't sh start with, like, metaphysical... Um, recitals of how Jesus could have hardened the water molecules under his feet or floated and defied gravity, it should be, there's a God that came from heaven to earth, bled on a cross, can forgive your sins, he died and rose again. If you believe that, pray to him, humble yourself, ask Jesus of the Bible to save you, forgive you, make you born again, and give you the gift of eternal life that he himself says is completely free without cost. Just reach out and grab it, i.e., pray those things to Jesus. Like that's, that's the start and the finish. Like if you get that, if you confess that, if you believe that and confess Jesus as Lord and you dare to exercise a little bit of faith that that is true, um, you, you've got the end right from the beginning. And then anything else, you know, like we're told at that moment, you're saved, your eternal life has begun. Congratulations. And all you need to do now is just, you know, learn about Jesus and do what he says. Don't be an evil person. <laughs> uh, live like Jesus. Be his disciple. Jesus says, if you remain faithful in your teachings, you're truly my disciples. So, you know, do as he did. That's it. Um, and then anything else theologically you learn, like, you know, getting down the road to the Trinity, 
getting down the road to um, you know the the incarnation, the immaculate conception, like all this other stuff. That's not going to save you. That's just going deeper and getting on like what Paul calls the meat of the word, um, instead of just you know the milk that babies need, i.e. step one ABCs. Um, so I would say with our finite time, that's the stuff we should be screaming from the rooftops because this is eternally serious, um, you know, for for everyone. So you know whether they believe it or not, I believe it. So uh, real quick, uh, Rovius, uh, well, oh. Uh, Cinta, is that Sean? Do you do a name change? Huh? Oh, that's my wife. <laughs> oh, is this her account? Yeah, <laughs> it's easier for me to do this because I have to plug. I have, my phone is charging. What did you do with her? She right here. Y'all funny. Y'all got jokes this morning. Okay, it's alright. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, when it comes down to it. I, I was talking about believing. Well, the Bible declares that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And also, uh, when I think about the final thing about it, you got the choice to make. You're going to go with God, you're going to choose good, or you're going to choose evil, or you're going to go with the devil. And that's just it. And that's just the bottom line. And not because Stone Cold says so, but because the Bible says so. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, oh, I'm, uh, so, if it starts raining, it's not my fault. I can't control that. Because <laughs> you don't have enough faith. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, so, like, there's three, there's three different expressions of, of faith, right? So there's th three Latin words that I think are real, and I know that, like, somebody's busting out with Latin that's going to be thick, right? But, like, there's three Latin words that are extremely good for this, right? The first is notia, right? And you can note that something is true. Like, there are tons of people who note that Christians believe in the resurrection of Christ, that doesn't mean they believe in it. It just means that they can note that this is a belief, right? So that might be gas right now. Gas notes that, you know, the Christians in the room believe that Jesus raised from the dead, okay? Then, then there's essentia, where you assent. You have a mental assent to that truth, where um, not only do you note that Christians believe that Jesus raised from the dead, but you're willing to accept the idea that Jesus raised from the dead as well. You're like, well, okay, fine. I can believe that Jesus raised from the dead. That is not the type of faith that is saving faith. What is saving faith is what is called fiducia, where we get, you know, you have a fiduciary responsibility. You know, your bank has, has a fiduciary responsibility to you to not steal your money. Like, and fiducia is is denoting a specific type of faith that you are placing your trust in that object. When I place my money in the bank, it is different than just believing that the bank is going to not steal my money. It is actually like putting my money in the bank for the bank to take care of in my absence, right? And so the idea between notia, um, essentia, and fiducia is very important. The Bible declares that the type of saving faith, this is James 2.14, or I'm sorry, James uh, 2.24, um, that the, the type of saving faith that we need is not essentia. It's not just assenting mentally to the facts. 
because even the demons do that and shudder. Um, they they believe fully that Jesus Christ rise from the dead. It doesn't do them any good because there is no trust placed in the finished work of Christ. I mean, demons are a different story, but like for your average unbeliever, it means that there is no deposit of your faith into that object of your faith. I had a question on that. Uh, is it, so do you think that third step is, is this, um, is this whole process something the human controls the whole process or is there a point where God has to step in, like maybe on the third step or something to achieve like the full sanctification or whatever? Yeah. Justification. So, so there's two views within Christian orthodoxy. There's um, Arminianism or non-Calvinism and Calvinism, right? So this is where you get into this kind of issue. So Arminianism or non-Calvinism would teach that um, you have to have, a work of the Holy Spirit to move your heart to the point where you can make a choice in your free will. This is something called prevenient grace. Um, and all Christians believe either that or they believe Calvinism where you um, are given a heart of flesh out of your heart of stone, Ezekiel 36, 24, that God um, single-handedly uh, God single-handedly, um, sorry, I'm driving. He, uh, regenerates you. And because of your regeneration at the same moment, you exercise that fiducia type of faith. In both instances, um, that fiducia type of faith is exercised. It just matters on what the, what the, the order of that is. Does that make sense? Is it more important, Chris, to have a lot of knowledge or to live the simple teachings of Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis? What's more important, book learn knowledge or living the simple truths? Like, do I need to really even know any more than love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself? Is that enough? So I'd like to answer so, on behalf of Chris. <laughs> sure. Uh, real, real, real quick, I, I'm, I'm not going to take up too it, much time, but well, make Nate, it real fast because uh, I have to run. Yeah, make Nate and Gas, I found the I found the verse, but go ahead. Uh, what is the verse? Real, uh, can you just tell us the verse real quick? Yeah, it's or, it's Revelations. Uh, it's Revelations one to ten. Um, so pretty much what happens is. Oh, I'm, I'm the, sorry. We, we don't have time for ten verses. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to read ten verses. I'm, I'm summarizing it so you can think about it. it. It's 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 the rapture, during the rapture, and we're we're gone for a thousand years. It's revealed to the people who are still on Earth that we just got raptured and they're still there for a thousand years, and it says that the devil is sealed away so that they will no longer be deceived of the truth, and then after the thousand years is up, the devil is also released. But it's like it's kind of crazy to me because it's just like. You guys have gone a thousand years, revealed of the truth, and everyone raptured, and you still choose to reject, and they get angry and choose to turn against God. Who's the rapture guy again? Who was the guy? The uh, hang on, wait, guy. wait, wait, stop. We don't, we don't have time for this. That is an interesting thing, Bertie. If you're here, uh, I guess maybe Monday. Let's get into that. But to okay. answer on behalf of Chris, real quick, before I have to go, 
I would say, Chris would say what you said. Um, if you have to pick between the two, then yes, love God, love people, repent and believe the gospel. Um, however, then um, he may say something like, but it's good to know what you believe and why you believe it, because, you know, if you don't get zapped by lightning or the rapture happens the moment you believe, well, then, you know, Paul says uh, we should, why do we have to relearn the first things, the beginnings again? We need to be on the meat of the word. And just like the Bible talks about the Bereans who check the scriptures daily to make sure everything they were being told was correct. Um, so I would say he may say something like that. So, um, yes, as long as we're alive and we have time to occupy we should flesh out our faith and, you know, go as deep as we can, because why wouldn't we want to learn more about our Lord and Savior? Um, but ultimately, uh, no, the, the very first thing um, is, uh, you know, burn all the books. If you just repent and believe in Jesus, you never need to know anything else. <laughs> but if you have the benefit of continue living, may as well read a book from time to time. How did I do, Chris? Is that fair? Your amazing yeah, I'd say that's fair. I mean, yeah. Look, we how do we how do we live out Jesus? We read His Word and we pray. Like, you know, we study His Word. That's how we do it. It's not like we just get it beamed into us. Um, you, you gotta you gotta learn the faith. All right, guys. Thanks for being here, Connie. I'm glad you found the uh, the room or whatever. Um, by the way, if you're not on Discord, anyone, uh, click on Discord, the very top link of the app. Click on that. And you can find us and stay in touch. Steph, I'm sad I didn't get to talk to you today. But um, all right, everyone, have an awesome day. Catch you all next week, I guess. Happy weekend. Woohoo! All right, thank you.